Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This episode of the Cult Pop Show podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch, get up to two extra exclusive podcasts a month, give us something to talk about in the post credit scene at the end of each episode, or join us for our monthly movie club Zoom call where we discuss a film together, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com slash cultpopshow. Uh, man, in real life, Richard, ready to record is very short and nowhere near as engaging as we make it out to be <laughs> in our web series because uh, you joined the call about 25 seconds ago and all we talked about was my washing, <laughs> my <laughs> and, laundry. And I can vouch for the fact that it was not very interesting. <laughs> it would not make a very good episode of Ready to Record, which has actually uh, finished up its season for the year, yeah. for maybe forever who knows yeah. thank you to everyone who watched our little web series um it's 10 episodes which i'm very proud of that we made it to 10 episodes i usually give up on these things after six or eight episodes but... yeah yeah but we committed to a full mm. 10 i think because we halved the workload yeah i mean if i had to write all of those i would have fucking not done them <laughs> um and if you had to edit them you would just you probably just been grumpy yeah um before we get into the show today richard i do want to talk about um our new patreon tier which is a very exciting thing we have a new tier on patreon um it's a it's a 15 dollar a month tier and it's called cult classics or the cult the cult classic tier yeah with a spelt with a k no (laughs) why would it be spelt with a k Um, what it is, is that we have started a cult popture movie club. So if you, um, join the $15 cult classic tier, what it means is that once a month, you will be given access to a zoom call where you will contribute to a live podcast with us and everyone else who has contributed to the zoom call. (laughs) I think, I think there are currently seven, um, members of the cult classic tier meaning already we're looking at a nine person podcast yeah. um and and i'm excited i think it'll be funny <laughs> yeah i think there's gonna be more um structure than just mm. like yes everyone start talking now <laughs> of course and we will it will I, I i anticipate a couple of growing pains but um if you want to get in on that the first i'm not going to say what the movie is because that's privileged information but mm. if you want to get in on the first zoom call it will be happening on october uh 10th new zealand time which is october 11th almost everywhere else october 9th oh is it or is it October 11th, New Zealand time, October 10th? Yes, you're right. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's Sunday for us, Saturday for <laughs> yeah, a lot of yeah. the world. Yeah. Um. So, and, and after we record it, we'll be chucking it up on the Cold Popcher podcast YouTube channel. So it's not going to be an exclusive podcast that only patrons hear. But if you pay $15, you get to be on a podcast with us, which is something we get asked about a lot. <laughs> this oh, is yeah. a way to do it. It's behind a paywall. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm excited. I think it'll be fun yeah um we can uh, while we're not 
uh, I guess, going to announce what the movie is here. Um, I can narrow it down slightly um, mm-hmm. and say that despite my best efforts, the film is not Jack and Jill. No, we kind of want it. Well, how it'll work is we, Richard will choose the first month, I'll choose the second month, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I was under the impression that it would be um, maybe not necessarily like classics in the traditional sense, but but exclusively universally liked movies. Yeah, and one's the the beer discussion. We could do like you and I could create like a um a list and mm. do and do a random thing. Oh, because that could be fun at the end of the call. That like you know we 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 randomly select it and then do the thing, the segment that we've apparently introduced to this podcast, where uh, part of franchise really is making the other person guess what it is, but having eight other people guess. Hmm. And I we just we just get together, collate a list of yeah fifty to a hundred films that for, for the next <laughs> for the next five years of, <laughs> of the cult classic tear on the patreon so go check that out um we're gonna have to start adding um a bit more to the the preamble at the start of each podcast episode so that people know what the, exactly they are missing out on um so or getting go. yeah also if you are a patron um there is now a a patreon lounge on the discord where only patrons are admitted entry to um and that's almost every one of our um, <laughs> regular Discord chatters. Um, but if the one thing keeping you from joining the Discord was they don't have a Patreon lounge, <laughs> <laughs> now we do! Yay! And your name uh, will be Yellow as well. Yes. Well, or go- like, the closest we could approximate to gold. Anyway, it'll be enough of this yellow. bloody admin. The fans aren't here to hear that. Uh, <laughs> what they're here to hear is our discussion on the herbie aka the love bike franchise mm. so uh welcome along to film franchise fortnights so this is a podcast Woo! where every two weeks alexander jones hello and Call myself richard martin R-E-M. Call him rm <laughs> doesn't flow anywhere near as well as aj <laughs> um uh we we uh watch every film in a franchise and discuss you that. you were offended by me saying rm doesn't flow as well as aj yeah it, it, and you know what it broke my flow and, <laughs> and, and so you made it so that not only the letters rm next to each other but the person who shall, shall heretofore be known as rm didn't flow as well yeah no i get it i i said it and i was like oh, i've heard his feelings <laughs> <laughs> All right. uh, do you want to finish explaining any anything I left out of the podcast description? No, I think that's it. We we watch a different franchise every two weeks, and this week we're watching we watch the Herbie, the the Love Bug, whatever. Yeah. I I think I think by the process of picking what most of them are called, it's the Herbie franchise. Yeah, though two of them are called the Love Bug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's more films called The Love Bug than anything else in this franchise. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I would say like yeah, Herbie. Uh, should we see if Wikipedia has like a Herbie franchise uh, mm. page? And it has like another third like title for it. Yeah, the Wacky Car franchise. <laughs> um, no, I don't think it has a um a like franchise page which is which is uncommon for like a franchise that has mm. you know it, it's it's a disney franchise 
and it's um, you know re- reasonably popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the first film uh, was The Love Bug that came out in 1969. It, um, you'll see it often places will refer to it as a 1968 film. It was like released on in limited theaters on like Christmas and then right. uh, got a wide release in May of, of 1969. Uh, it was directed mm-hmm. by Robert Stevenson and AJ. What is that about? Okay, so it is about a um, sort of a, a ruffian uh, underdog race car driver, yeah, named yep. Jim Douglas, and he um, can't win any races. And then one day um, he stumbles across a little V Dub, um, a Beetle, the Beetles, yeah. right? What's yeah, I I always mix up V Dubs and Minis, and I cannot tell the difference between either car that is insane yeah and um the this v-dub uh is like a sentient car it can't talk but it can do almost everything else yeah Um, and it's really fast and its name is herbie it's named herbie by jim douglas's like assistant his mechanic um and the sort of the the conflict is that uh mr banks from mary poppins um is a car salesman who inadvertently sold them the car because he thought it was real bad or just no he didn't sell them it didn't he? he told it he told them to take it out of the showroom and then herbie followed jim douglas home because he saw something in him yeah and then he did see um, yeah. yeah yeah and then uh, it turns out he's a real good racing car and jim douglas starts racing around in herbie and mr banks gets very frustrated um and tries to win herbie back he tries to sabotage it uh this is the formula to which all <laughs> herbie movies end up being um <laughs> and uh yeah it was that's it. Is, am i missing anything crucial um no there's okay. a love oh, interest uh, it's worth mentioning like so the, it ends with like a big a big race like a, a two-day kind of race mm. um which is essentially like just two laps of this big thing where it's like there and back again kind of thing um and so it's it features jim douglas and herbie with his love interest and his like assistant uh played by buddy hackett mm. uh, who is the voice of the seagull and um the little mermaid mm. um yeah they and they go through all these troubles because Mr. Banks from Mary Poppins keeps getting out and, you know, painting signs so they go the wrong way and all this stuff. But the film ends with um, Herbie, who's been beaten to death <laughs> within an inch of his life over the course of this this race, um, is splits into two straight down the middle um, so that the uh, driver and the passenger seat are separated from the two back seats. Um, and then somehow Buddy Hackett sitting in the back seat manages to overtake um, the the front of the car and the villain's car so that uh, Herbie wins because it's like, so the, the back of the car crosses the finish yeah. line and then the villain's car crosses the finish line and then the front of Herbie crosses the finish line and this counts as a win for Herbie. It's, it's, he, he comes first and third. Yeah. <laughs> Is how they say it in the film. Um, yeah, and so it, it it's it's essentially turns into somewhat of like a road what runner Wiley Coyote yeah. kind of thing for a mm. bit towards the end of most of these films actually. Um, but yeah, I yeah yeah. What do you think of the film? I mean, look, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how excited I would be if someone was like, "Hey, have you seen the Love Bug? I'm going to put it on." 
like now that I've seen it. But we have watched a few pre-1970s movies on this podcast, and by and large, I am far too warped by um, the age of access that we live in as millennials to pay attention to them. Like, even if they're classics, most of the time I'll find them pretty boring. And I don't want to say the love bug is exciting, but it's fine. It was an enjoyable time. I enjoyed the characters. Yeah. I thought it, it didn't overstay its welcome. It's a very easy passive watch. I would say that most of the Herbie movies um, feel like you go to your grandparents' house when you're 10 years old and they only have one VHS and it's one of the Herbie movies. And so you've seen it a hundred times, but it's a perfectly adequate watch and it's not especially boring or, you know, bad in any way. Yeah. Um, I would go a little bit further than that. Um, I think it's a fantastic movie. Ooh. Um, I thought, like, this is, like... Uh, it, it's one of those movies that like it's it, it's as good as it can be you know mm. um and I, I would say it's like a four out of five star movie like for a 1969 um family disney comedy mm. um it's as good as it can be it's it's everything you sh- you would want from it and yeah i i had i had a great time watching this and i was i was shocked at how <laughs> fun i found this um like the tone is like works really well um mm. The, yeah, the characters I like came to really like, and so you, we do see Jim Douglas uh, later on, and I and I was like, "Fuck yeah!" Like I, I got mm. excited when he came back. Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah, and and like Herbie, obviously, you fall in love with that little car. Um, but yeah, I, I was I was genuinely very surprised at how much I enjoyed this film. I think it's maybe because all those, like, when you go on Disney Plus and there's, like, the posters for these old, old Disney movies, you see them and you go, oh, that looks fucking boring as hell. (laughs) Man, you look at the posters for, like, any, yeah, all these movies and they all kind of had that same, like, very grainy, um, shocked expression kind of thing. And it's like, this looks like something that was probably pretty popular in the 60s, but wouldn't be now. Um, but no, I do agree that I, w- I did like it more than I thought I would. Yeah. Cause, cause so. when last week, when we rolled this franchise, you were like, oh dude, <laughs> like a fucking sixties Disney movie. We're, we're going to find this so boring. And I went into it expecting to like exactly suffer through it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, for the, for the first part of it, I was kind of like, eh, you know, whatever. But then like by the time it turned into like the like the the third act was kind of just like a racing movie essentially Mm. i ended up and it's not like i'm like yeah i love racing movies so it really appealed (laughs) to me um (laughs) you know i got real into it and like the looney tunes kind of angle of it Mm. um yeah i i i I really really enjoyed this movie a lot more than i thought i would and all these movies like delightfully have really absurd moments almost um absurd by today's standards like outside of the, they transcend the time era they came out and like at one point jim douglas gets real angry that everybody's crediting herbie for being the fast car and not him for being a good driver yeah. and um herbie goes to jump off a bridge <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah. so upset that he goes to jump off a bridge and it's like this is insane <laughs> yeah and it's also like, like, like what the fuck like no herbie don't jump yeah. like <laughs> It's very funny, and like there's a part where the, where Mr. Banks from Mary Poppins tries to um 
tries to sabotage Herbie by going to to the garage when only Herbie and Buddy Hackett are there, and Buddy Hackett gets completely wasted off Irish coffee, and then Mr. Banks like pours Irish coffee into Herbie's like carburetor or something, <laughs> and it's like this whole thing. It's like, what is this? This is insane. This is an insane yeah. story. Yeah, um, but mm. yeah, it is one of those movies that it it sneaks up on you, like yeah. I, I I was watching it and being like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna chuck this on. It was like a a morning before work or something like that. And then I was like, okay, okay, hey, okay, hey. yeah. So um, what so is it? Was, uh, uh, what do you think it has a Rotten Tomatoes? Um, oh, I, these things are hard to tell because I feel like old movies have a bias to make them higher. So I'm gonna say this is like 88 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. 76 percent. 76 percent. Oh yeah, that makes um, sense. And 66 audience. Oh, no. <laughs> so this was actually the last live-action Disney film produced with Walt's development. Interesting. Because um, he, he he died two years before it came out, but it obviously was in development before I that. thought Walt Disney died much later. I'm confusing him with Dr. Seuss. Dr. Seuss died in 1990. That's what I'm thinking. Of. Yeah. Um, Walt Disney died in 1966, I believe. That's so um, early. He had no idea. He hadn't even heard of the Avengers. That's my bitch, Mark. Um, I mean, he might have. Hmm. Yeah, but he—I uh, don't know. <laughs> he had no idea what his empire would become, or maybe he did. I feel like he did. <laughs> um. So, uh, yeah, like I mentioned, it's a Volkswagen Beetle. Um, Volkswagen actually didn't give permission to Disney to use their name or their logo, so it's like it's po- probably one of the most recognizable car designs of all time the mm. um the volkswagen beetle and then they did the the redesign in the 2000s which is also um very which actually features in herbie fully loaded later on um yeah but again it's a, it's a very recognizable shape um so he doesn't have like the hood ornament logo and no one says volkswagen but um they talk about him being like a bug um well it's in the title yeah and um and also i think um the term beetle wasn't um trademarked at the time by Volkswagen. Right. So they call him a Beetle um, because it was just like a colloquial name. But then after that, um, Volkswagen actually like trademarked that term. Um, but then <laughs> the is sequels. That why, <laughs> yeah. Is that why the sequels are called Herbie and not Bug? Maybe. Um, but but actually the, the sequels do use the branding and re- reference Volkswagen um, because uh, sales of the Beetle we're down <laughs> and so right. was like please oh my god <laughs> that that i feel like something like that very rarely happens where it's it, it's it seems like it's very um cordial you know like someone using someone else's brand and then like usually you hear these things and they're big these these controversial scandals but this sounds like it was it was very um kind of like we'll help you if you help us kind of thing yeah and um so Got a new segment for you. Mm. Um, we talk about we do dumb IMDb trivia a lot. Yeah. Um, I've got a piece of dumb Wikipedia trivia. I don't like this at all. Um, this is so this is actually the realms like, of my comfort zone. <laughs> um. Okay. So this is actually why, it, like, talks about the development of the film a little bit and why it was a Volkswagen Beetle. So before film production be- uh, began, the titular car was not specified as a Volkswagen Beetle, and Disney set up a casting call for a dozen cars to audition. In the lineup, there are a few Toyotas, a TVR, a handful of Volvos, an MG, and a pearl white Volkswagen Beetle. The Volkswagen Beetle was chosen as it was the only one that elicited the crew to reach out and pet it, citation needed. 
That doesn't sound real. Yeah, so it doesn't sound real. But uh, reading actually some smart IMDb trivia, I understood it a little bit more um, because they said like, oh, there's these 12 cars in the parking lot. Um, Go see what you think just when you walk past. And um, when people walk past the other cars, you know, you do like the, you kick the tires and you kind of like tap the hood and do that kind of thing. But then with with the Beetle, you would just like place your hand on the bonnet kind of thing. Yeah. Um and so it was more like a, a loving kind of um mm. thing where it was like, Oh yeah, is this one up to scratch? And it was like, but with the Beatles, was like, oh, this is a nice car. That's so strange that it was if there was ever a chance that Herbie was not going to be a Beetle. Yeah. Because obviously a Beetle is the most expressive car. Imagine if it was a Toyota, you wouldn't give or a, a shit. Or a DeLorean. <laughs> but the DeLorean's not a living creature. It's not supposed to be, you know, that sort of thing. Um, fun fact, I did a pub quiz years ago, uh, it was a fundraiser thing, and like the tie-breaking question at the end was like a family feud type thing, which was like, what's the most popular, uh, like name a, a movie car, mm. and I put, um, a DeLorean, um, and then people were like, oh, what about Herbie, and I was like, no, like, it's obviously DeLorean, and then, um, Herbie was number one. Batmobile was number two, and then there was a bunch of other ones, and DeLorean wasn't even on the list. <laughs> and I was like, I would rather lose with DeLorean than win <laughs> with Herbie. <laughs> How would you feel now? Oh, I'd love to win with Herbie now. <laughs> there you go. But it is actually based on a book called Car Boy Girl. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, which you'll be pleased to know was actually the working title of the film. Wow. Car Boy Girl. We talk about titles a lot on this podcast. We could do it now. We normally do it after we've talked about all of them. But um, I can give I can throw some alternate titles at you. Okay. Cowboy Girl. Mm. The Magic Volksy. Mm. The Runaway Wagon. Wagon spelled W-A-G-E-N, as in the end of Volkswagen. Oh. Wagon. Um, the Runaway Falcon. <laughs> uh, Beetle Bomb, Wonder Beetle, Bug Boom, and Thunderbug. <laughs> I get it. I get yeah. it. Because you think it's... you think The Love Bug's a bad title, but oh boy. Um, Thunderbug could work, I think. I don't think The Love Bug's a bad title. I'm just obvious. Obviously, if you know anything about this podcast, you'll know I'll be annoyed that the the first one's not called Herbie and almost all the other ones are. Yeah. There's no movie in this franchise just called Herbie. Yeah. That's insane. That's one of those things that you think about and you go, huh. Yeah, because the fact that, that, that Herbie Fully Loaded is like, Herbie's the title, Fully Loaded yeah. is the subtitle, but there's nothing that just has the title. Mm. Anyway, yeah. well, we, we talk about taglines sometimes on this podcast, mm-hmm. um, and The Love Bug, ha- uh, this, this franchise has very kind of like pulpy, fun taglines. Um, so the one for this one was, it's a lovin' for Herbie, dot, 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 the amazing little car who shifts for himself. <laughs> We all need to shift for ourselves sometimes, I think. Um, there's, the a, other- there's a thing or two we can all learn from Herbie. <laughs> um, another like fun piece of uh, trivia, mm-hmm. kind of, that uh, I, I noticed while watching and I messaged it to you, is that so there's a character called Mr. Wu who's like interested in buying Herbie mm-hmm. uh, or you know, striking up some kind of deal. And after the first lap of the final race, which doesn't go very well for them and they're all kind of beaten down a little bit and they're contemplating pulling out of the race, Mr. Wu comes by and says, oh, a little bird's, nef- little bird's nest soup never hurt. 
um, and mm. gives them all bird's nest soup, um, which I guess proves the guy's loaded because bird's nest soup is like $5,000 New Zealand a bowl <laughs> um, because it's like um, the birds, the edible bird's nest you make it out of is like $10,000 for a kilo. Um, wow. Which is insane. <laughs> I would never, I don't think I'll ever be rich enough that I could drop $5,000 on something I don't even know i'll enjoy i feel like there's yeah, a, it's, there's a, it's, it's like a, it's a bird's nest that's that's essentially cemented with bird saliva yeah. um and that they make a soup out of it it sounds right. horrible yeah i i think there's a glass ceiling on how good any food can taste right yeah and and that glass ceiling for me taps out at maybe like 300 bucks maybe for a, like, for a taps out like mcdonald's <laughs> what's what's something that you would pay 300 bucks for uh, maybe like a like a steak or something that I'm never gonna have a chance to get again. Yeah, interesting because I I see you as the kind of person that would spend that money on a steak or something like that. And be like, oh, it was fine. Like you know, or mm. or obviously it's gonna be like quite a small serving, and you'll be like, oh, I'm you know, just still hungry. I can't imagine you ever being satisfied spending that much money on food. You're right. I would be that satisfied spending that much money on like food in the sense of like my soda can collection yeah, like true. if if i could buy like a bulk load of um obscure flavors of skittles i'm i could see myself at some point when i'm rich enough <laughs> which i'm not at the moment spending uh, you know dropping a big load of money on on some weird flavors of things i could see myself doing mm, so that. this is sometime I'd... in the future when you're fully loaded yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly um yeah i don't know what what's the most you've spent on on like food a meal mm, does uber eats count how much have you spent i've spent quite a lot on uber eats but the most has always been when it's um buying for someone else as well so like individual meal for yeah. myself um ah, oh, probably like i went to australia a couple of years ago and we had we went to like this famous steak and ribs place and i bought both steak and ribs Nice. And then foolishly ate the potatoes first and wasn't hungry enough for the steak or the ribs. That, yeah, that is very foolish. Um, it's very how much foolish. Was that? I, I actually can't remember. It was under $100. I don't think I've ever spent over $100 on food. Wow. So you've never done like fine dining? Nah. I would love to, though. It's just no one wants to go with me. <laughs> we should go stuff. next time. We'll, we'll use the Patreon money. <laughs> okay. We'll go fine dining. We'll go for a Herbie dinner. Um, fine dining is one of those things that, like, you, um, yeah, obviously you have to expect not a lot of food. Um, right. But, oh my God, it's fucking amazing. Um, nice. And. Actually, yeah, I've. It's I've, one of those things I've, that you, you do it and you're like, oh yeah, no, yeah, this is this is worth it. I've probably done fine dining at weddings, but I haven't really paid for it. Right, yeah. You know, like at um at Jeremy's wedding, Jeremy from the Cold Popshire podcast. Oh, yeah, I wasn't invited, I went, but go on. <laughs> I went to his wedding and um, he. Uh, the the food there was really good and it's funny because most of the weddings i'd been to have been like um sort of 20 to 23 year old christians getting married too early so they can have sex because i come from a pretty heavily churched background yeah. um and jeremy got married i hope he doesn't mind me saying this in his early 30s and going to an early 30s person wedding it was like ah oh, everyone should get married at this age right this is when you can afford <laughs> the best the best night of the year for everyone going right you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's probably the, the closest i've had to fine dining was jeremy's wedding nice yeah i've done it a couple of times that's very it, it, it's exciting 
There's a couple of nice places in Christchurch we could go next time I'm Let's down. Let's do it. Let's do it, bro. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, also, I, my, probably most expensive single meal I've had uh, was uh, Kobe beef in Kobe, Japan. Ooh, very um, nice. So Kobe is like a very specific cut of uh, Wagyu beef, which mm. is like the best type of beef. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but it's also like one of those things that's like, because they they like it's like almost like teppanyaki where they like do it in front of you and it's like you're paying a little bit for the experience as well yeah paying for the story and i'm getting my fucking money's worth by by going on this tangent on the love bug episode i heard a piece of advice once that was like it is better to spend money on experiences than possessions and i actually agree with that Mm. but food is almost the, the midway point between position and experience yeah so I'd probably be more willing to spend a, a drop a bunch of money on food than I would be on like a PlayStation Five. <laughs> well, <laughs> but a PlayStation is it a, a PlayStation Five is an experience that that's you own. true. Yeah. Okay, what's well, like okay, like a model, right? Like a a model of a of a, a pop culture figure I like. I don't I don't intentionally buy that shit. I've kind of accrued some of it yeah. over the years, but I never go out. I never go to like EB Games and I'm like I'm gonna buy this model. Well, didn't you do that for The Last of Us too? I did, but that was more out of like wanting the full. Um, I don't know. To be honest, I was a little bit disappointed with the Last of Us Two collection because <laughs> I I knew it came with a statue, and I I didn't really look at what it came with. I was like, I like this this IP enough that I'm willing to drop a big bunch of money on it. Was it like to over two hundred like, bucks, right? Yeah, yeah. To have like the the uh deluxe you know package or whatever that was but i was expecting it would come with like a poster and maybe a t-shirt and it came with this big fuck off model which is where most of the money i think was spent on and a bunch of like key rings and badges and stuff that are sitting in a drawer because i don't have anything to do with a bunch of you don't have any keys (laughs) oh no actually i don't know why i said key ring it does as a bracelet not a key ring right and you have any wrists I don't have any. I don't have a single wrist. <laughs> um, well, that was a fun little tangent. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll try a couple more of those. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, do you have any any other thoughts on the love bug? I don't think I do. It's uh, the one. The one thing I'll say is that I watched it maybe a week ago now, and when we were like, "You ready to record?" I was like, "Oh shit, I don't remember what the movies are about." So that would be the only. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I definitely hard to would remember. recommend this film to people, and I've been talking about it to people this way. I had a funny um, discussion where someone was like, I mentioned that I was watching the Herbie films, and they were like, oh, I've, I, how many are there? I was like, six, and they're like, oh, I've only seen the first one. And I was like, it's actually like really good, eh? And they're like, yeah, yeah, like Lindsay Lohan. I'm like, no, no, it's the sixth one. <laughs> yeah, um, that is the last one. Yeah. Um, also, fun fact, uh, Dean Jones, who's the, the main character, who plays the main character in this, Jim Douglas, he was the bad guy in Beethoven. Oh, shit. Yeah. Do you remember what he looked like? No. I'll send you a picture because it was one of those things that I I remember watching um, Dean Jones in Beethoven and thinking, where do I know this guy from? Um, it and, it it was, I was, and it was that I would watch Herbie years later um, and recognize <laughs> him there. Um, but he has a very distinctive look and it stuck with me. If you, um, don't, if you haven't seen Beethoven recently... Give it a quick Which break. I haven't. I actually haven't seen Beethoven recently. Yeah. All right. Let's take a look at this guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very distinctive. Yeah. He's got big, like, um, he's got glasses that give him, like, big bug eyes. Mm. Bug- yeah. Love bug eyes. 
That, maybe that's why they cast him. <laughs> okay, so the next film in the franchise, as you mentioned, drops the the Love Bug title and is uh, starts the new kind of titling scheme, which is Herbie Rides Again. Came out mm. five years later, uh, again directed by Robert Stevenson. Um, what's this one about? So this starts my favorite tradition of Herbie sequels, which is you start one and you go, is this a... Um, I've never met Herbie movie or is it a Herbie has been around for a wee while movie because depending on who the collection of main characters is in the in each film they'll either already have Herbie or just discover Herbie and have to go through the rigmarole of understanding there's a sentient yeah. car and yada 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 um, so this one is about like a a evil businessman like a real estate developer who wants to bulldoze over like a an old lady's mansion and build whatever there and his nephew um is sent to go and like give them the notice that they have to get out and the house where this old lady lives she also lives with her like granddaughter and herbie and herbie the the old lady already knows and the daughter actually already know what's what the deal is with herbie (laughs) um and um which is something i want to talk about actually so dog ear that um <laughs> Dog and yeah, thing AJ said. Nice. Um, and so it's this sort of like um young uh, you know, businessman trying to do something for his to impress his evil capitalist grandfather or uncle, um, learning that Herbie is this wonderful car and he falls in love with the daughter of the old lady and he falls in love with Herbie and they all become friends and um have to is there a race in this one uh it's not predominantly about racing um but i believe there is some kind of racing age uh, element to the film right it's not it's about construction more than anything yeah yeah and they sort of punk the real estate developer a bunch of times um and then he's like all right you win but he secretly was lying and then he fights them again and then he loses again and it's just a happy ever after. The main thing I remember from this film is that, again, delightfully absurd moments is um, one of the villains has a nightmare about Herbie. And we put this <laughs> on our Instagram. There's like Herbie chasing him in his nightmare, but there's a hundred Herbies and they all have big, sharp werewolf teeth. Yeah. And then there's like ones with like a the- Native American headdress on, like yeah. marching towards him. And then there's one where he's he's King Kong on the Empire State Building and all the planes are Herbies flying around him. And it's one of those things where it's like, well, because when did this come out? 1974. 1974. It's like, this is real creative, you know, yeah. like for, for a time when things didn't, they could be a little more traditional. This is like the kind of shit I would want to see in a modern day Herbie movie. And yeah. I thought it was very fun. It's very, it was almost reminiscent of the pink elephant scene from Dumbo. Mm. Um, so that was the main thing I remember about a movie, which I otherwise don't really remember too much else about. Yeah. Um, what have you got? <laughs> um, okay. I have some, potentially alarming news oh my god okay so uh you mentioned the the bad guy in this film the one that has a nightmare um there's a character named alonzo hawk mm-hmm. he's played by keenan Wynn, who's actually the son of ed Wynn, who was the um mad hatter um all right and like kind of famous for that character um alonzo hawk is does not originate from this film 
Oh, no. Alonzo Hawk is actually uh, the villain in The Absent-Minded Professor and its sequel, Son of Flubber. The Absent-Minded Pre- Professor was remade into Flubber with Robin Williams, uh, making this actually a crossover with The Absent-Minded Professor series. This is bananas this is this news goes bananas dude. <laughs> which is the name of the following herbie movie i think i explained that i will say though um if we if we require an out <laughs> in the absent mind professor um alonzo p hawk is um played by keenan Wynn and is the exact same character however in this he's alonzo a hawk oh it's completely different <laughs> We don't have to cover the unserviceable-minded professor slash flubber. This is fine. Why did Robin Williams's flubber not spawn more sequels? It feels like exactly the kind of movie that would yeah. do that. If flubber was the first movie I ever saw in cinemas, really? Yep. You didn't go to the cinema until you were like how old? Four. When did flubber? What? Out? What the fuck? You didn't go when you were three, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, it was 97. I, 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 in my mind, it's like a 2003 film. No. I would be, I'd been to a thousand movies by 2003. You've barely seen a thousand movies. <laughs> All right. I don't really care if I have or not. It's, <laughs> it's more the quality of the movies I have seen, such as Herbie Rides Again and Flubber. That I <laughs> um, which is actually a crossover with that franchise. Wow. Um, so, I mean, in a perfect world, maybe we should be covering The Absent-Minded Professor um, in two weeks' time. Well, I mean, the the way this podcast goes is we mention a franchise offhandedly and it becomes the next one we roll through serendipity. So we will probably roll Flubber next, I think. Yeah. I'm Did you realize that Flubber was a, a franchise until now? I knew I'd heard of the Absent-Minded Professor. I don't okay. know if I knew there was a sequel to the Absent-Minded Professor. Okay. Uh, anywho, so um, what else? Um, what did you think of the film? Um, again, I rated I think almost all of these like three stars, which mm. is my my way of saying like, yep, nothing, to, nothing yeah. really bad to say about it. It was it's it's because because a movie has to be a little bit better than average for me to be like, sure, it's fine. If a movie is average, I'm like a movie's. Average. I, I would give um, the Love Bug four stars. I'd give probably the rest of them three or two and a half stars. Right. Um, that I uh, I agree with Gene Siskel of uh, Even e- e- oh. Siskel uh, called it a surprisingly tolerable sequel. Which I think is like the perfect explanation. Oh, it's a surprisingly tolerable franchise, yeah, Richard. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, what do you think this one has on Rotten Tomatoes? Um, seventy. Uh, up a bit. Seventy-two. Up a bit. Seventy-three. Up a bit. Seventy-seven. Up a bit. Eighty-nine. Down a bit. Eighty-eight. Down a bit. Seventy-nine. Up a bit. Eighty. Uh, it's only from five I, I reviews, it. so it just means that like four out of those five reviews were positive. Fifty-three percent with audiences. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was fun. It, it it is weird to kind of like not revolve it around a race because um, mm. while he is riding again, and and a lot of it is like um, there's like a, a grandma who kind of just like gets behind the wheel of Herbie, and they're like, no, no, stop! <laughs> like a lot of the film is that. Um, it is. <laughs> a surprisingly tolerable sequel and it was like um after watching the first one and then watching this one i was like is this gonna be like one of the best franchises 
Well, it's it's certainly um consistent. I don't think I don't think there's a bad movie in the six, which is very oh, yeah. I would almost agree with you. Um, I, not no. that I don't agree with you. It's like I I do agree with you. <laughs> I think is the word I'm looking for. Um, yeah, it's it's a perfectly serviceable movie, and the franchise itself is a good time. Hmm. Surprisingly, um, I guess oh, well, I'll, the tagline for this film there's two. Mm-hmm. Um, one is the love bugs back doing his thing. Oh, and the other one is the love bugs back doing in a new hilarious adventure. Doing in a new hilarious adventure. The love bugs back doing his thing, not racing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his thing being sentient. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, next film, three years later, um, same year as Star Wars, um, it was Herbie <laughs> Goes to Monte Carlo. Uh, it was directed by Vincent McKeevity. Mm-hmm. And what's this one about? Also, mentioned, sorry, I mentioned Star Wars. Uh, it obviously was beaten at the box office by Star Wars. Uh, the original Love Bike was the second highest grossing film of 1969, behind Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, although some places report it was the highest grossing, or it might have just been like it was the most profitable or something like that. But Right. Okay, um, so this is Herbie Goes to Monte Carlo, yes. um, and this one sees Jim Douglas uh, return to the 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 driver of Herbie. He was never mentioned, and Herbie rides again, but now he's back. Um, and Doing his of, thing. <laughs> and racing, um, and instead of Buddy Hackett, it's, um, oh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Don Knotts. Don Knotts! Don Knotts! What? <laughs> that's my don Knotts impression you should look up the poster for this movie i was gonna post it on instagram but i thought it would muddy the water of all the other herbie posts uh barney fife from the andy griffith show <laughs> there you go this is the most um part. and they go to monte carlo which is in france where there is a a race going on um and they are going to be racing Herbie in this race and there's a lady racer who Jim Douglas has got got the sweet eye for um, and she, she happens to have a car that is also sentient that Herbie has the sweet for um, and yeah, while Herbie's all this is happening movies, Herbie is this movie should be called Herbie horny gets horny on Maine. <laughs> um, Herbie's Herbie horny on Maine. Herbie colon horny on Maine. <laughs> um, while all this is happening, though, a French museum, which has been showcasing this very rare diamond, um, is stolen by a couple of bandits who um, kind of screw up the theft and set off all the alarms, and they run out into the crowd of the Monte Carlo like gathering, and so to. Um, hide the gem while they're walking through this big crowd of people they sort of like put it in herbie's petrol um what's it called like they open his like his gas tank like his gas tank yeah and put it in there and then herbie drives away before they can get it back again um and so the movie is a cross between like this them training for this race and these villains trying to get herbie so that they can get the jewel out of his out of his gas tank which no one else knows is there all the while herbie is misbehaving something awful because he is infatuated with this other car um and the driver of that car does not believe that cars can be sentient um which is an element seldom brought up to the degree it's brought up in this movie tell me where um, in the rule books it says a car can't be sentient <laughs> that's a good point um 
So it ends with the big race and the villains trying to like coax Herbie off track so they can get the diamond. Um, and it all ends and it turns out like the police detective is in on it and he's actually evil as well. And they win the race, they save the day, they defeat the villains, and um, they, the, all the, the yeah, humans... Herbie gets to and fuck the, the hot, long, hot yeah, little presumably. piece of car ass. <laughs> um, uh, a couple of corrections. Um, uh, Monte Carlo's in Monaco. Oh, oh the, sh- the, sh- the first scene is in, is in Paris, though. Uh, the the race is the the fictional trans France race, which goes from Paris to Monte Carlo. Okay. Um, and I believe it's a quartz, not a diamond. I don't know the difference. They mention a quartz. I remember them talking about a quartz. <laughs> you mentioned them popping it in the gas tank. Here's a fun piece of uh, dumb IMDb trivia mm-hmm. to go with that. The gas cap used in the film was fake. As every Herbie fan knows, Herbie's gas tank is under the hood, as revealed plenty of times in the original movie. The fake gas tank was added so that the Gemma Thieves could easily stash the diamond, or maybe it is a diamond, inside Herbie without looking conspicuous. The tank was removed in the remaining scene. I reckon that piece of... As every Herbie fan knows... <laughs> I reckon that piece of IMDb trivia is so dumb you have no reason to believe it's actually a diamond over a quartz now. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, do you want to hear... Um. I, 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 what did you think of the film? And then I think this is maybe the the best or second best one. I enjoyed this one. Yeah, I think cool. maybe it's because of Jim Douglas. I think maybe because, um, maybe I was just more focused watching this one than the other ones. But yeah, it's also it's like it, it. Um, this this is a classic franchise for like franchise uh, sequel tropes. Uh, like yes. uh, Earbud did this a lot, and and I think Beethoven did as well. Um, but like. And and what is what is a car if not a metal dog? Um but uh it's this this is like the love interest one, but also like a weird thing that happens a lot of these is there's like a heist thing or like a um like that that's actually not an uncommon yeah, yeah. sequel trope that like Like a criminal gets and, involved. Yeah. Kind of thing. There's some kind yeah. of yeah. Um and then uh later on we get like an evil version. The the one we didn't get, um which I just remembered I thought of as a continue the franchise. Maybe I'll save it for then. I'm going to write it down now. Um, mm. So hold on to your butts until we get to that. Mm. Um, but yeah, any, any, anything else to say about like what you thought of it? Um, hmm. It's just, I don't know. I just enjoyed seeing the, the, um, the kind of universe expanded in the way it, it, it is it is very satisfying to get to a love interest one yeah and also i think as well that like this one has more of a sense of adventure because it's like it's globe trotting um yeah. and yeah and, and be, with the 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 crime stuff involved the um yeah i don't know it's just a bit more like wacky without being too crazy yeah. uh but what do you think as a ron tomatoes um 71 but a little bit lower 69 <laughs> no a little bit lower 65 a little bit lower 30 much higher 31 double it 62 take away two 60 yep 50 percent with audiences um are you ready for one of the dumbest pieces of imdb trivia we've ever had on the show this is a high bar dude we've had some dumb imdb trivia we have um oh god this one is this one is 
<sighs> At the time of the movie release, Baskin and Robbins did a promotional ice cream flavour tie-in called Monte Carlo Crunch. The author does not remember the specific flavour and makeup of the ice cream used for the flavour. <laughs> Didn't need to put that part in there. I'd be happy with Monte Carlo Crunch. The author, as in yeah. the person writing the piece of IMDb trivia. Yeah, I guess. And they refer to themselves <laughs> as the author. <laughs> I, I, my that mind is, is a bold claim. I am an author. <laughs> oh, what do you write? Oh, pieces of IMDb trivia. Yeah, oh, uh, cool. As featured on the Cole Popshire podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's the segment called? Oh, you don't need another. <laughs> that doesn't matter. Um, I thought that there's a there's some fun, insane stuff in this. There's uh, one part where Herbie survives a rock slide. Like all these rocks just fall on mm. him and he's fine and everyone's <laughs> fine. thought that was insane. Um, and I, I enjoyed that a lot. There's um, a, part, a part where they have to convince um, the love interest that Herbie has the girl car they have to convince the girl car to race without herbie because herbie's missing and then when herbie shows up they have to convince herbie to go without the girl car and they wait the way they do it is they tell the girl car that herbie's like a casanova and they've had to do this with several other cars and break (laughs) up with other cars for him and then when herbie turns up they have to tell him that the other car didn't actually care about him um, and it's it's very it's a very dark thing to do to a person, and they do it to a car. And the film they do end up like admitting the error of their ways, but it's nowhere near the same like betrayal that I think a human would feel <laughs> yeah. responding to those things revealing to not be true. Um, there yeah. you go. Um, it's funny. I will say like it does feel like we're rushing through this podcast quite a bit. Um, but you know, hey, they can't all be fucking two and a half hour. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean podcast, can they? Um, they get what you give them. The thing about this franchise is that it's kind of the other side of the coin from Critters, where it's sure. like, um, you know, if you have like a bell curve distribution of like, and at, at the top is like, and you talk, it's like quality of franchise um, versus like how easy it is to talk about. Um, it's like the mirror image of Critters. It's it's much better, but it's in that mm. same like hard to talk about kind of. Mm. It's like there exists a world where this is one of the biggest stamps on cop on pop culture and of all time. Um, yeah. But it, and now it's like it certainly has its fans, and most people have a passing knowledge of it, mainly because of Herbie Fully Loaded. Um, but it's like. Yeah, there's a parallel dimension where there's like Herbie Herbie Derbies, where everyone paints like their car like Herbie. Herbie Um, Derby. And it sounds like Herpaderp. It's actually from the tagline of this film, which was the love bug turns the great race into a Herbie Derby. Ah, nice. Um, I no, I don't know if there's a parallel universe, man. I think we were just born in the wrong generation, son. Like I think that in in the seventies. Herbie could have absolutely mo- like occupied the same space that its modern day equivalent to the Fast and Furious occupies now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think maybe we just we just don't live in an age where everyone knows what Herbie is. Because yeah, but, but that's I what I'm when- saying is that like there exists a world where this is like, um, you, you know, like like Critters was Gremlins that mm. like Herbie right. was Back to the Future. Right. Okay. I remember when Herbie Fully Loaded came out and everyone being like, see, there's a new Herbie movie coming out. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, and I remember, because I would have been like 12, but I could tell from the the titling scheme that it was clearly a sequel. 
because it was called Herbie Fully Loaded. It's like, well, obviously that means there's obviously a Herbie Obviously he's movie. previously not been fully loaded yeah, and this is some kind exactly. of noteworthy thing that was worth making a film about. Obviously. There you go. <laughs> um, all right, so... Three years later, we have Herbie Goes Bananas, the film which tanked the franchise. Oh. Uh, again, directed by the Vincent. Batman and Robin of the franchise. Yeah, the, again, directed by Vincent McKeevity. Uh, what is this one about? So this one's set in Rio, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, um, and it's about a couple of tourists, American tourists, who go to Rio. Let's say uh, no, it's in Mexico. Mexico. Oh, no, sorry, uh, and then they bought a cruise ship to Rio. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, and they kind of they're looking for a car to drive around in, and they find Herbie at like a sales yard, and they they buy him, and it turns out that oh, what is the conflict? There's like a, is it another race? Uh, they don't want him to go bananas, but then he does. <laughs> no, there's like bad, bad guys pursuing them for some reason, but it's I don't know if it's a race thing. It's more. <laughs> As in a, a, a race car. Um, it's more that they, I don't know, I can't remember. There's a little boy that is a little thief and no one likes him. Um, yeah. He's the, um, yeah, uh, and he, he calls Herbie Ocho. 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 Um, mm. Herbie's said exactly once in this film um, from thereafter right. he's called o- Ocho, um, which means eight and the kid explains at the end. They're like, why do you call him a- Ocho, dumbass? Um, that means eight. It says fifty-three. You fucking imbecile! And the kid's like, "Yeah, five three. Five plus three is eight. Yeah, I think that it is, uh, not a good enough reason to call him Ocho. It's it's not the like ah oh, moment it wants to be. Um, yeah. I don't remember entirely what this movie's about, but I do remember there are some insane scenes in it. I remember Herbie has to walk the plank of a cruise ship, and you just see what was presumably a production team literally throwing a V dub off a boat, yeah. um, which is just insane. It's so funny, man. Yeah, and it's you know so what? funny. That V dub beetle is still at the bottom of the ocean. They never retrieved it. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh, that is horrible. We should genuinely. When we, when Cole Popshire is making enough money, we should pull a, a James Cameron and <laughs> rent submarines and discover the wreck of Herbie Goes Bananas. Does this mean this is the second franchise we've done where there is an object from the franchise at the bottom of a body of water? <laughs> Following Friday the 13th. Following Friday the 13th, because an actual Camp Crystal Lake, um, there is a Jason Voorhees chained to the bottom of the lake. Um, presumably we're four people a year see him <laughs> i can't uh, it's, it's a like fucking it's a tourist thing ah uh, okay it's not enough. just like designed to scare tourists it's not to just scare. a real life easter egg <laughs> <laughs> um but you yeah, know th- again there's like this antique gold disc instead of a diamond that's right this time that's and that's right. kind of the the villains want that and and herbie's um yeah get away uh this features uh chloris leachman mm from Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> yep. Um, uh, yeah, it's funny seeing her. Like, she's one of those people that it's like, this is 1970, uh, 1980, and she's just always been old. Yeah. No, it's insane. She's like Bill Nye. <laughs> um, this also features Herbie covered in bananas yeah. as a disguise. There is a, there is a scene where he literally does go bananas. Yeah, yeah. And he flings bananas at the villains, um, who I'm just now realizing one of the villains was Alex Rocco. 
who's the voice of Roger who's the voice of Roger Myers Senior in um The Simpsons. I thought you were gonna say Roger Rabbit. I wanna be like Please Herbie <laughs> yeah. Um The The bananas look gross on camera. Like when you squish a banana, it doesn't look good. Uh do you know what? I I would go one step further and say it looks gross in real life. Wow. When you squish a banana. <laughs> These are bold, bold claims, Richard. I don't know if I can sanction these claims. <laughs> I'm kicked off the podcast. <laughs> um, no, okay. I think this is maybe the worst one. I uh, don't this is commonly regarded say. as being the worst one, and it's one of those films that it uh, it did tank the franchise a little bit, and that's why we didn't get another one for 17 years. But then again, I also wouldn't necessarily regard it as especially... Yeah, no, like, like like we said, it's, it's definitely, like, it's a very consistent franchise, um in a weird kind of way um yeah and so while i would say yeah the first one is four stars the rest are three stars this one's two and a half stars Hmm. it's still like yeah fuck it it's like and the thing that we talked about early on in this podcast was like meeting films on their terms and Hmm. if you do you'll have a good time like none of these movies are bad if you're expecting a a family fun movie no, you know not at all. like yeah, something exactly. you can chuck on, on the kids and you'll be able to follow along and not it won't be fucking torturous as a parent mm, yeah nice um sure. another dumb imdb uh the rust scene on the car was actually not real rust it was made using paint all the rust are painted on the car to give a rusty look if you look closely then you will see that all the rust are in same style <laughs> that is dumb however that does remind me that herbie gets like beaten to death by the end of this film he what? looks like <laughs> shit what figuratively beaten to death in this film yeah um <laughs> maybe we'll see a literal interpretation of that coming no, but up but he he looks like shit by the end of this film he's covered yeah. in in rust he's crushed he's got bananas all over him. <laughs> he's like and spray painted and shit yeah yeah oh my god he looks insane by the it, end it's, it's one of those things where it was like someone set out to be like I'm eating the franchise. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. Um, so uh, the tagline for this film, as we're doing taglines, I think this is the last one I have. Um, the tagline for this film was, yes, we have a bonanza. I'm glad that they are secure enough in themselves to admit that. Yeah. Do you know what that's a reference to? What? Do you, uh, there's a song called Yes, We Have No Bananas, um, which was like, um, I believe during one of the world wars was like a comedy song about how about um you know like a lack of uh resources does homer simpson sing it in yes, an episode of the he, simpsons he sings it and cries yes he sings it along with cats in the cradle yeah 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 he's like he's going through songs in his head um yeah it's um oh, that, i've always wondered so. what that joke meant and now i have a mm. bit of a lead on it <laughs> Uh, it came out in 1923, so it wasn't during a world war, but um, must be misremembering that. Um, oh, during the the US banana shortage, yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, so do you want to? I'll pull up some lyrics, shall I? Just so we have. Um, it it mostly just goes. Uh, there's a fruit fruit store on our street. It's run by a Greek, <laughs> and he keeps good things to eat. But you should hear him speak when you ask him anything. He never says no. He just 
yeses you to death as he takes your dough. He tells you, yes, we have no bananas. We have a no bananas today with string beans and onions, cabbages and scallions. It says cabbages. Um, and all sorts of fruit and say, we have an old-fashioned tomato, a Long Island potato. But yes, we have no bananas. We have no bananas today. Very nice. That sounds like the Herbie of songs. <laughs> Real good. <laughs> Real good, but I didn't think I was going to enjoy it when I started. <laughs> All right, so there was a bit of a gap. 17 years, in fact. Uh, oh we were, and then we got The Love Bug, or The Wonderful World of Disney presents The Love Bug, or Disney's The Love Bug, or like there's a TV show called The Wonderful World of Disney, and this is an episode called The Love Bug. It's real, like... No, every t- everywhere you look it's different um, right. it was a made for TV like special um, and it has a very made for TV feel it was directed by Peyton Reed who we remember oh. from the Ant-Man films and Bring It On and yep. the live action segments of the Back to the Future animated series if you're a patron and listen to our thoughts on that series um, yeah yeah. so this is what, like of all the like like Peyton Reed is the director whose career I'm most familiar with out of like all the other directors in his class. Does that make sense? Like the the level of director he is 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 a type of director I shouldn't know that much about. Well, I think the level of director he is pre Ant Man, I would say. Like he's, he's right. definitely like clashing those Marvel checks now and, and you know mm, that's true. But yeah, it's weird to know all this stuff about Peyton Reed's career. Um, also weird that not only is this the only film in the series where I know of the director, it's the only one so far where I recognize any of the actors, despite being a made-for-TV movie. I mean, I guess... You, I, I, and you I also talked about how you recognize Mr. Banks from Mary Poppins. And that's true. Obviously, Dean Jones from Beethoven. And Cloris Leachman. Mm. But I, like, my point is, this one stars Bruce Campbell, who yeah. feels more famous than, than anyone else that we've talked about so far. But I, I understand there is a time time era. Yeah. There's a time and a place to talk, to talk down on Dean Jones, yeah. and this is not it. Uh, what is this one about? This one is um, the first half is sort of just a remake of the first film, where it's like there's a racer and... There's an evil racer and he sells Herbie because he doesn't like it. And then Bruce Campbell picks him up and discovers he's sentient through his his wacky sidekick who who believes the sentience before he does. Um, but then it takes a left turn and it's like, surprise, it's actually an evil Herbie movie. Mm. Uh, this movie has a dark Herbie in it. A black Volkswagen named the hate Horace. Bug. The hate bug, um, which we made up and is not said in the film. Uh, um, I, I didn't make it up. It's on the Wikipedia page oh. um, where it says, <laughs> I'll, find, I'll find it and tell you the quote. Um, it says, uh, introduce an evil black Volkswagen ho- named Horace the hate bug, giving the film a much darker tone than the other Herbie films. <laughs> it does have a darker tone than the other Herbie films. It does. Um, and uh, they, they sort of race and they beat the bad one and in this one instead of the first one if you remember the car splits in half um and then sort of so that the back seat uh yeah. separated from the front seat and this one herbie splits in half again but so that the 
the other way so that the yeah so the, the driver is separated from the passenger yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I was like yes i i fucking <laughs> loved that as like a uh we're doing the original but we slightly updated it i was like yeah. i i cheered yeah um, as i was watching this on youtube in yes um 12p <laughs> yeah it's very no, low- is it's the, free the, on the youtube only- but it's very low quality yes um and look, it started out and I was like, ugh, a made-for-TV one. Here we go. Yeah, you and messaged me and said, it, oh, the first bad Herbie movie. And I was like, oh, yeah. I don't know, dude. Yeah, exactly. And then we ke- I kept watching. And you know what? Um, because it complies with th- those sequel tropes that I always love to see, not because I enjoy them, but just because it's funny to document them. Um, yeah. Like, I was like, cool, man. Cool. Good stuff. It's all right. Um, And I think uh, one of the things I really enjoyed about it is that it's got – this weird it shares this weird connection with brendan fraser's the mummy (laughs) where um two of the actors from the mummy are in this film but they're actors i've really only ever seen in the mummy and 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 very few other things which is um john Hanna, who plays jonathan in the mummy he plays the villain in this and um i don't know who what the character's name in in the love bug is but he plays he's the assistant to to bruce campbell and he plays benny in the mummy who is an actor i've only ever seen in um what's that other stephen sommers movie about the octopus or that's it at sea i'm gonna look it up deep blue sea no 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 stephen sommers ocean movie (laughs) um deep rising 1998 a year after the mummy um he's in that and i've only ever seen this guy talk like this in the mummy he's like oh o'connell you don't understand i just want to hey o'connell it looks like i got all the horses and in this i didn't recognize him at first because in the mummy he's like a very clean cut kind of but at the same time very snivelly dude who's always wearing a fez and in this one he's got like long hair and he's like a classic garage mechanic <laughs> and um and Maybe i didn't seen him in a him. bunch of other stuff and just not recognized yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> i didn't recognize him at first and then he started talking but in an american accent and he was like kind of thing to his voice and i was like benny <laughs> and it's, it was so funny to see him i just like this is a guy i've only ever seen in the mummy and it's like i don't, I don't know it was just it was enjoyable for me and i, yeah. I thought that was fun um, um so but, there you go so we talked about in the last uh film that herbie was figuratively beaten to death in this film he actually gets beaten to death um it's the picture on our instagram um where bruce campbell finds him and he's been absolutely fucking destroyed and then it cuts to r.i.p herbie and they're at his funeral and they're burying this car um (laughs) but then dean jones shows up as um as jim douglas and that was when i was kind of like oh yeah it's a made for team movie but i got really emotional seeing jim (laughs) douglas again and seeing him mourn herbie and then they obviously go like nah like it's a car like let's just fix it kind of thing why are you burying it you can just fucking fix it it's a car um (laughs) although there is a bit of like a um what is it bootstrap no not bootstrap the like axe handle paradox Um, i have no idea what you're talking about (laughs) that like um so this thing like if you have an axe and then you replace the handle uh, and then later on you replace the blade, oh, right. is it still yes. the same axe? By is the end of the- these films, Herbie is not the same car, <laughs> um, <laughs> but he's still sentient. And then uh, this film is where you actually find out why he's sentient, doesn't it? So, sort of. This is this is the dog-eared thing that I wanted to yeah. talk Ooh. about. So in um, cross that out. <laughs> 
first of all, first of all, in um, Herbie, um, the love bug, sorry, this one here, he gets beaten to death by Horace, the hate bug, who is made by a mad German scientist um, who created Herbie. So he created Herbie, and while he was creating Herbie, he accidentally knocked a photo of his his, his dead wife into the alloy that he was making. And he, he believes that the love and personality of his dead wife has now like imbued Herbie's alloy with sentience basically and so when he's making the hate bug they put a villain of they put a picture of the villain in the mixture because that's sub that the villain loves himself more than he loves anyone else it's a, a pretty funny joke um and that that is what sort of um gives gives herbie life but then also in um the original love bug buddy hackett talks about how he's spent some time in tibet where he learned that everything has a soul and so in the first ever Herbie film, that is kind of the reason, is that yeah. everything has a soul. But in this one, it's a more tangible, scientific, I guess, <laughs> scientifically accurate reason, which is that it's haunted by a ghost of a dead woman um, or something like that. Um, or no, it's not so much the ghost, it's the feeling of love. Um, and that's what makes Herbie Herbie. Uh, and so I thought that was interesting because if these movies never explained how Herbie was sentient, I don't think I would have thought to question it. Yeah. But they still do. And it's like, it's it's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, as I, as I was saying though, the, um, once they've rebuilt him, there's a moment where Jim Douglas like sits inside Herbie again and is like, hello old friend, kind of that, that sort of thing. Mm. And then, and it, it was such a nice moment. It's that classic Peyton Reed um, emotional payoff that he's he's known for. <laughs> he's so well. If you go on his director's IMDb page, it's his director trademark. Yeah. Um. But I was. It was one of those things where I was like, I didn't think I would recognize him showing up. You know, like I, I I'd seen all the Wikipedia page that's like featuring a special appearance of Dean Jones. Um. And I was like, oh yeah, it'll just be like he'll be he'll give a thumbs up at the end, and I won't recognize him. But I was like, fuck, like this is a good moment. Um, he's a good actor, I think, and I think that's a big part of it yeah he's got a very warm presence to him yeah 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 that's the thing eh? um there's very very little information on this film um doesn't have a Ron Tomatoes score uh no. 50% with audiences though um it says the only piece of information I have about this is this film has yet to be released on DVD or Blu-ray format which has been requested of Disney by many fans both of the Herbie series and Bruce Campbell um <laughs> do you reckon it's like fans of herbie and fans of bruce campbell or it's been requested by fans of herbie and bruce campbell has also requested it oh um i can't imagine bruce campbell has requested it <laughs> yeah because bruce campbell fans are the type of fans that want to consume all bruce campbell content yeah yeah, yeah. so i feel like that's probably more likely i mean it's um, on youtube just fucking yeah. watch it there but yeah I, I do understand that you'd want it on dvd or blu-ray mm. uh yeah, I I I liked this more, kind of more than I thought. What like what what I said to you was when you said it was when you said it was bad. I was like, this is the perfect like if you um if you grew up with Herbie and you'd shown it to your kids and then it's nineteen ninety seven. You see an ad on ABC that they're doing um a you know a, a new Love Bug special. You'd be like, oh yeah, and you'd sit around, you'd watch it with your kids, and you'd have a great time. Yeah absolutely i think that that it, it is better than what i expected it would be based on the start um and it is it, if you made this into a feature like a cinematic release i don't know if you'd have to change that much because mm. it it doesn't it's you know 
I don't think Herbie was ever that big of a budget. And so yeah. it, it's not like it's missing that je ne sais quoi that a bigger budget often yeah, provides. Yeah. And by je ne sais quoi, I mean production value. <laughs> Do you know that je ne sais quoi is actually French for production value? Wow, yeah. Mm. Um, also just found out that, um, I know you're joking, but um, uh, <laughs> just I didn't just, just buy into your hilarious jape. Um <laughs> The uh How so Disney uh television has led like a um this might be like ubiquitous in the United States we should have here uh there's like a, a, they've had various anthology TV series over the years mm. it's the second longest running primetime program on American television behind Hallmark Hall of Fame um so since 1954 to now. Um, it's gone by a few different names. It's currently called The Wonderful World of Disney. And it'll be like, it's just essentially like a television event that's on ABC and mm. will have. So it's like often it's just like they'll play Thor Ragnarok and it will have the, the Wonderful World of Disney like title before right. that kind of thing. Um, sometimes it's like specials and sometimes it's like um, they'll get someone to introduce it or there'll be something like that. But right. Nice. So that's how that fits in. But yeah, so this was an episode of that. Yeah understood um okay the second franchise in a row we've we've had to watch episodes of a tv show as part of the film (laughs) franchise it's also our second probably third franchise this year uh which features a scottish villain we doing this we're doing more useless statistics i've Uh, got a couple let's fucking do it um after davy jones but i'm assuming there's also one in james bond i just couldn't be bothered revisiting james bond mentally to remember if there was if there was what sorry if there was a scottish villain right no i say okay well speaking of james bond this is our second uh decade spanning franchise with a film in which characters drive a car that can go underwater and then they nearly get attacked by a shark um Mm -hmm. and i think herbie rides again i think it is it might not be um no i think it is actually they get they go underwater in herbie and nearly get attacked by a shark underwater in the spy who loved me i think he <laughs> drives a car underwater but then it's a separate scene where they nearly get attacked by sharks and right. jaws the character falls into the shark tank because <laughs> they, they get attacked by jaws yep and now i've got a piece of of up top or randomly placed useless statistics that i've been thinking about all week richard and i was like this is so funny and then i went to write it down and i was like this isn't that funny yeah <laughs> So here it goes. Let me know what you think. So this is our ninth franchise, which falls under a category that I'm calling the unconventionally wise nomad, uh, where an unlikely person, animal, or sentient inanimate object is often one of only very few recurring characters who travels to different groups of people each movie to show them the power of friendship, the power of family, save the world, whatever. You know, an unconventional unconventionally wise nomad so the other ones i've got listed here there's some obvious ones i think the most obvious ones that comply with this are beethoven and medea which are both about (laughs) a character who every movie is a different set of supporting cast that that they are the constant character in and despite appearances they end up saving the day bringing people together whatever so those are the and then i was going to throw in like a wacky one that you might not expect but then it became majority wacky ones um (laughs) so the other ones i've got here are godzilla uh the mask uh the man with no name mad max mission impossible james bond and then arguably austin powers i guess though austin powers has a lot more shared characters than the other ones (laughs) um so in my head i was like oh i'll I'll be like beethoven medea and james bond and it'll be real funny and then i looked at all the franchises we've done and i'm like 
Ah, oh, there's more here that are just as valid as James Bond and they're not very funny. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. What do you think of that? That is a franchise trope that we've that we've recognized. Like it feels like earbuds should count as well, but it doesn't. They all have the same background cast right. same with ear buddies and stuff like that but yeah the 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 herbie series is the car version of beethoven yeah you know yeah yeah so yeah um okay your uproarous laughter lets me know that that indeed was as funny as i was hoping it would be. <laughs> there we go uh, okay. There's, prob- there's, there's this our third car based franchise after transformers and fast and furious uh yeah yeah, have there been any other car-based ones? I don't think so. Um, is this our... I don't know. Maybe that's it. Those are the only ones I can think it's of. It's our second franchise in a row where the main things that it involves around start with the letters C-A-R after Yu-Gi-Oh! revolving primarily wow. around cards. Wow. Wow. Very cool. <laughs> I'm sure there's there's probably more we could probably squeeze out of this if we yeah, try. Yeah, but let's not. Um, let's move on to Herbie Fully Loaded, the one that most people will be familiar with. That came out in 2005. Uh, it was directed by Angela Robinson. What's this one about? Um, so this one is about Lindsay Lohan. Um, and she and what's she what wearing? She... <laughs> we'll talk about this later it's actually important to the to the to my notes oh okay what's she wearing yeah no we'll talk about later but it will come up okay um it's not as dark or devious as i think it sounds like when we just ask what she's wearing um but she, she is like come back to her hometown for summer she's just scored she's gonna go away to new york to do a reporter job at espn and her dad is played by michael keaton and her family um are like big big nascar as a nascar family um and while she's back in town her dad's like look i'll buy you a car from the junkyard so i don't have to chaperone you around all the time and so they they end up getting herbie Herbie. and he's fully loaded (laughs) um and she runs into an old high school friend played by justin long um, and they sort of together discover that Herbie is sentient and wacky and wild and drives faster than they're comfortable with. Very cool stuff. Um, and then they kind of become intertwined with uh, Trip Murphy, played by Matt Dillon, who is this kind of arrogant NASCAR champion um, who ends up wanting to race against Herbie and Max, who is Lindsay Lohan's Maggie with a a helmet on where no one can tell who she is though and like i get that it's a it's a they find out eventually it's maggie thing but i feel like they don't play it up as much as they should have and they could probably just have cut it out them the main reason for the the max mistake in there is so that her dad doesn't think it's her yeah. racing because i think the mum died in a car accident well it's like yeah so so Lindsay lohan had a car accident um, right and so they're like oh we don't trust you behind the wheel but like her brother uh brick and meyer is mm. a, a second Brick and Meyer franchise of the year. Um, is a he was in one of the the he has been in a Friday a Nightmare on Elm Street, right? Yes, he was in Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, Freddy's dead. Yeah, um, he's Freddy's like dead the he's a right he's here. a successful racer. Yeah. Um, and so, but her her dad Michael Keaton is like, I don't want you racing again. And then at the end, it reveals that he's the 
the she's the spitting image of her mother and mm. he can't he can't bear to lose her all over again yeah and cheryl hines is also there as like michael keaton's nascar manager or something yeah um who i always enjoy a good cheryl hines role yeah like bad moms too yeah i like cheryl hines yeah um so but yeah again ends in like a final race and herbie finishes the race in one piece which i was actually disappointed about ah true um but they yeah they sort of they do the the main characters kiss um she wins the approval of her dad and everyone everyone loves everyone Um, it's a beautiful ending yep yeah um so we were talking about what Lindsay lohan was wearing let's go back to this um i'm very nervous about this topic of discussion so in the film she's she's wearing a lot of like um low plunging necklines and short skirts (laughs) and this was like this was kind of Lindsay's last film before she went off the deep end and you know she like you know puberty hit her quite hard kind of thing she went from being like a very wholesome young star to like you know, being very, quite well endowed in the chess department. Um, oh my God. So much so that allegedly Disney had to use CGI to cover up some necklines and reduce the size of her breasts. The director denies it, but Lindsay has said she thought it was funny that they had to do it. Mm, that, that okay, it has become relevant. Yeah. I thought you were just going to be like, and AJ, and fucking how hot. <laughs> fucking sexy is Lindsay Lohan in this movie? Um, I which, would never with, say res- that. with respect, she's very attractive in this movie. <laughs> but then also, I kind of understand why CGI would have to be involved because it does borderline on this is a, maybe a little too sexy for a Disney family movie. Um, and I hmm. say this as someone who I don't really care and people should be exposed to sex in healthy, constructive ways much earlier in their lives, I think. Yeah. Um, exposed to it and have it explained to them, not have sex much earlier in their lives. Um, and so I say this being m- more me being surprised at what Disney led across the line as opposed to me being like, this is inappropriate for children. I hope that saves me. I hope my heart is, <laughs> and, and my my um my conscience is cleared from 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 explaining it that way. Um, but yeah, that is that does that wouldn't surprise me if they had to do certain things to, um, to make her a little bit more, um conservative i guess yeah yeah um, anyway she yeah i think i think we handled that well i think people are going to compliment on on us on uh covering what, that topic. Uh, what does this have on rotten tomatoes uh what would you guess i'm gonna guess like 65 41 yeah, I don't think this was a popularly received movie. Yeah. I don't think it was a bad movie. I thought it was I just as good. I think it's on par as, with the rest of the yeah. movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that, um, yeah, it's it's a pretty, it feels more like a 2005 Disney live action comedy than a Herbie movie, I would say. There's, it's got that kind of feel to it, that vibe to it, that um, school holidays kind of movie that your friends saw but you didn't see. Oh um, my God, that's exactly it. <laughs> Yeah. Like, this was the first time I saw this film. You you saw it I, in the cinema, right? Uh, no, I didn't see it at the cinema. I think we got it out on DVD as a, for a family movie night. I remembered zero about it, though, so maybe I didn't see it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I liked it. I thought Michael Keaton's great in it. I, I, I said to you, I love how Michael Keaton 
is clearly just into it as into his role in Herbie fully loaded as he is into Birdman. Yeah. You know, like he gives it his all and that's really admirable. This was pre Michael Keaton comeback though. Yeah, and it's um, it's so there's like a period of time where he wasn't like huge. Mm. Um uh, uh yeah, I mean twenty fourteen is really when his career resurged. Um mm. but he wasn't doing a lot of stuff. Um mm. but yeah, so it's it's fun seeing things in between then. Hmm. I just can't stop thinking about Lindsay Lohan, I think. I was so in love with Lindsay Lohan, man. Oh my god. And dude. I was I was talking to someone, I was talking to a workmate about this, that like everyone's like, Oh, it's a shame what happened to Lindsay Lohan. And, and you're like, like, I that- don't think it's their pair. <laughs> but I also think like what I don't know the specifics of what actually happened to her, but I understand she like what fell into drugs and came you know came back i guess yeah just legal issues as well like yeah. yeah but like i reckon it's it's also something to be said about like society's um double standard for for women because oh, you know like there are probably a hundred male actors who have just have had as just as tragic of a of a rise and fall as like Lindsay the guy Lohan. from mighty Eight, uh mighty ducks sure yeah sure <laughs> um or like i was thinking about like someone like shia labeouf like now i'm excited to see a shia labeouf yeah sh- well shia labeouf was like yeah it was, it was fun to watch like oh now he's doing drugs he, he never did anything like uh, he was a lot more artistic with his um yeah yeah with his downfall rather than like it it wasn't as like sad i guess it was mm. kind of more like what's he doing <laughs> I don't know. I th- I just feel like people are horny for a tragic female actress. Oh yeah, no, yeah. People story. love these stories, man. And it's like, and the the desire from the media to create that creates it. Yeah, like exactly. like the hounding people like Lindsay Lohan or Amanda Bynes, Britney um, Spears, Britney Spears. Like at, at that age, um, mm. oh my god, it must be it must be horrible for them. And it's like, you yeah, no wonder you you turn to drugs and, and alcohol and, and things like that i i, I do oh, yeah so it's a, it's a shame that the, that every like pre pre-fall Lindsay lohan movie is marked with this like it's a shame what happened to Lindsay, and then every post comeback Lindsay lohan movie is like Lindsay lohan's in this mm. <laughs> but this is actually our third Lindsay lohan franchise i think after after um machete yeah. she's in machete and she's also in scary movie five where she yeah. makes fun of herself in a way that's like, I reckon Lindsay Lohan has got a um like a, a reconnaissance in her. I think we get a reconnaissance. Lohan- we need a Lindsay reconnaissance. I think she's got talent that we, if if given the right director and the right script, we will be able to see one day. Yeah, I, and maybe it'll be a sequel to Herbie Fully Loaded. Maybe. um yeah i I don't know i i I, i'm not sure that she's like one of like necessarily willing to to do that you know but it's hard to say she Mm. was in chapter 27 with jared leto there you go yeah and then she was in a 30 seconds to mars music video oh okay not liking where this is going and they are oh they're married (laughs) oh she's part of his cult um (laughs) yeah so um it is funny though that like um because she did she did like disney films when she was when she was young like um obviously like the parent mm. trap freaky friday yeah. um but then um main girls felt like you know blo- she blew up and became like a, a sex symbol you know like it was like a lot of it, like that 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 film was devoted to like 
look how hot she looks. And then Which going is, back a year later and doing Herbie Fully Loaded. It's like, yeah, I'm a Disney right. girl again. That is interesting. It's frustrating with Mean Girls because Mean Girls is such a good film, right? Yeah, like Mean Girls you, is a good movie. fantastic. And it's, in, so it's, 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 it's very much its point that it's about over-sexualization. Mm. And things. we're seeing something similar happen with that French Cuties movie at the moment as well, where like Netflix released a real sexualized poster for a movie about the dangers of over-sexualizing underage girls. Yeah, but then if you watch like clips from the film, it is like, you don't need to shoot like this. Potentially. I think I might watch the film because I, I it's it, it, by all accounts, it's a good movie. Like it's like a Sundance film. Yeah. So it's like, okay, this sounds interesting. So I might check it out and make up my own opinion on it instead of just being devil's advocate for it whenever someone brings it up. <laughs> um, so yeah, I... I don't know. Is is this the part of the sh- the Herbie podcast where we just talk exclusively about Lindsay Lohan, or should we move back into Herbie? Okay, what else is, do you want to say? Is there any Herbie specific moments in this film that you that you really enjoyed? Uh, oh, there's a funny thing. Like Herbie's more expressive in this movie. Mm. Um, like his um, bumper at the front, like bends up and down to to smile and yeah and whatnot. Um, also, their last name in this film was Peyton. Um, mm. Which you were like, oh, we should hilariously add a piece of dumb IMDb trivia that says um, that it's they might be named after Peyton Reed, but it's already there, and it says that they are named after Peyton Reed. So that's so great. It's so great that um, we're at the point where we can predict what dumb IMDb trivia is going to be before we look. Yeah, because of course they're not named after Peyton Reed. The movie doesn't even acknowledge. Didn't you say that that this movie decanonizes Peyton Reed's the love bug? Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, it ignores it. it, it it says it picks up. I don't think there's anything that directly decanonizes it, but um, it picks up. It ignores that sequel and picks right, up. Okay. I think from just where Herbie was, when he's kind of, you know, all beaten within an inch of his life at the end of Goes Bananas. When was Goes Ban- What's the time difference between Goes Bananas and Fully Loaded? Uh, twenty five years. That's a bummer. <laughs> that means he rusted away with not nary an adventure between mm. <laughs> goes bananas and fully loaded, where he just ended up in a junk pile. Um, but then he came back fully loaded. So yeah. Now you said something to me earlier in the week, which I found interesting. You said that you've gone bananas and you've been fully loaded, but you've never mm. gone to Monte Carlo or ridden again. <laughs> I I disagreed with the fact that you've written again, but do you want to tell us about a time where you either went bananas or were fully loaded? Um. Okay. I <laughs> I'm pretty. I'm. I've been fully loaded before, like money wise. I've had heaps of money at times in my life. Is that what you think the film is about? I think well, it's more about like he's fully loaded. Mean? He's full of gas. He's full of gas. <laughs> I have been. I'm almost always fully loaded. Then, <laughs> um, I've gone bananas um, when I've been drunk. I've yeah. gone bananas when I was a little kid. I was a very hyperactive child. Um, I've never been to Monte Carlo though, and I've ridden again in certain contexts, but not the one specific to the film. And if we're judging fully loaded by the same. You know, it has to be what it means in the film, which is full of gas. Yeah. Then I haven't ridden again in the same way that Herbie is a car that. What is riding? I don't, I don't know what I'm talking about. What about you? Have you ever gone bananas? No, I'm a pretty pretty chilled out guy. Have you ever Have you ever been fully loaded? No. Wow. You don't know what you're missing out on, mate. <laughs> 
Do you remember in the early to mid two thousands when every every kids film was like this one was like fully loaded, like Kangaroo Jack, Spy Kids. They all had that like gleam on them, and for a while it just felt like movies would be like this forever. Yeah, like this is the one your parents take to. What, 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 what's like an example of a recent movie that you would say is like the equivalent of this? Well, that's the thing. I'm not sure they have been, or at least they're not as like well advertised anymore. Like kids' movies are usually like CGI stuff now. There's not so often live action. Yeah, or, or I guess they're straight anymore. to Netflix and like. Yeah. I oh yeah. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog, probably the closest recent yeah, example. Yeah. Um, yeah. so this came in 2005, and like this following on from being a, a product of its time. Uh, this is a very 2005 review. Roger Ebert gave the film two out of four stars, stating, the movie is pretty cornball. Little kids would probably enjoy it, but their older brothers and sisters will be rolling their eyes and their parents will be using their iPods. <laughs> oh, Roger. Oh, oh that Roger. Um, that is great. So my IMDb, um, director Angela Robinson said in the commentary that she purposely left hidden crew equipment and cheap camera tricks in the film to give Herbie fans something to look for that was fun and to also simply aggravate her editor who practically begged her to fix the problems before, before the film was released. Now, that's not a mark of very good <laughs> directing. <laughs> like, like, you're making a film and you're like, oh, let's give them something that's fun, a bunch of mistakes. It's like, no, no, work on making the film fun. <laughs> Um, and then also her, her editor being like, just let's just like, you know, CGI out the, the boom guy. <laughs> She's like, no, no, I, no, no I reckon, I reckon it's that, um, there are a bunch of mistakes left in the film and someone else has no evidence of any of this and they're trying to defend it. Right. Yeah. It was, it's for fun. Yeah. I mean, if it was like, oh, you know, the original had a bunch of this and they mm. did it as like a tribute deck, I could get behind that, but this is just like, what? I mean, I didn't notice anything. Yeah, Did neither. Um, so here's one that's just like, oh God, I'm not looking forward to having to read this. Um, when Tripp slams Herbie's trunk down, he says, who's laughing now? The same line, Ash Bruce Campbell. <laughs> there's, there's no like brackets. It just His name is Ash Bruce Campbell. Um, <laughs> says when he cuts his hand off in Evil Dead 2 and various times in the Evil Dead video games, Matt Dillon looks a lot like Bruce Campbell who played Hank Cooper in the previous Herbie movie, The Wonderful World of Disney, The Love Bug. Also, <laughs> the part of Scary Movie 2 that they watch in the drive-in is a reference to Army of Darkness. Herbie movies are about an inanimated object. That's not inanimated um object who has free will like the skeleton at scary movie 2 or ash's hand at evil dead 2 holy shit that is a dumb piece of imdb trivia but it's made me realize this other connection which is that in herbie fully loaded you see them very briefly watching scary movie 2 at an outdoor cinema which is weird that you can go on disney plus and see a clip from like r-rated comedy Mm. scary movie 2 but Lindsay lohan would then go on to be in (laughs) scary movie 5 (laughs) so does that mean that in the world of herbie fully loaded does Scary Movie 5 exist in the world of Herbie Fully Loaded? Because that means no, that... No, they stopped at the second one. That Maggie Maggie Payton will one day grow up to see her celebrity lookalike yeah. in a, a cameo scene in the yeah, I'm glad that you did say, does that mean 5. Maggie ends up starring in, the, in Scary Movie 5? <laughs> no, no, Thank not at all. Not but that. you I know who is that. in Scary Movie 5 as well? Medea. <laughs> Meaning... There are, this is a Tommy West, Herbie is the Tommy Westfall between 
the nutty no the the absent-minded professor slash flubber scary movie and medea herbie there's a venn diagram in there somewhere Medea fully loaded i'll let the listeners work out the the exact (laughs) basics of the venn diagram uh so that's the herbie franchise overall thoughts um it is fine i assume we're going to rank it soon and i have no desire to rank it particularly low nor particularly high but above the nymphomaniac yeah it's definitely going to be up there like there's a lot of franchises that we have higher up that are like this was a cool franchise but there's one or two real shit movies in it um and yeah there are no bad movies in this franchise um so i only got a couple of segments left i hope you've enjoyed our discussion on the love bug um continue the franchise I've got a continue the franchise that's as low effort as my um, as my Pirates of the Caribbean continue the franchise was high effort. This is nice. as bad as that one was good. Um, there is a couple of real life um, continue the franchises. There's uh, Herbie the Love Bug TV series, which starred Dean Jones as Jim Douglas in every episode. What um, the hell? I say every episode. There's five episodes of the show. Oh, okay. um, it was a mid-season replacement series, um, and it was the last. It came in 1982, so uh, between Goes Bananas and the Love Bug um so um yeah there was a 15 year gap between herbie the love bug tv series and the 1987 film and there's now been a 15 year gap between um the Lindsay lohan one and now yeah why did why did fully loaded not propel herbie back into i actually i could not find anything that said like they were planning a sequel or or the film didn't perform well enough um but like presumably they were bringing it back to do more right i wonder if it's Lindsay going off the rails a bit killed it but but even then it's like just just recast it's herbie yeah it's herbie with fucking millie bobby brown i don't know yeah who like Like, i don't know hadn't been born yet (laughs) (laughs) no i mean why is there no plans for a herbie movie in in the 2020s well i mean the best probably the best herbie movie is um bumblebee oh Good point. With Hayley Steinfeld in it, who is today's answer to, to 2005 Lindsay Lohan, yeah. I think, in a lot of ways. Okay. Uh, Although and- Lindsay Lohan never had a true grit, did she? Yeah, no. Her true grit was Mean Girls. Okay, so um, <laughs> we get um, th- there's there's a weird phenomenon with this podcast that like when we cover a franchise, and it's like obviously when we cover one that has a new film coming out, you expect to see a lot of things about it, but there will often be a, like a new piece of news about the franchise within a couple of weeks of us covering it. Um, yesterday or two days ago or within the last week, um. A new Herbie the Lovebug mural in West Philadelphia, um, born and raised, um, it was unveiled, um, and it's 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 a, it's a mural of Herbie the Lovebug um, with uh, the purpose of preventing suicide, and it has um, it's this mural of Herbie, and it says um, just keep going, um, and it has a QR co- has QR codes at the bottom of it, um, which you scan and it leads to like the national suicide prevention helpline and and they is had it, like a herbie there yes yeah, just keep going on it is this is it a reference to herbie nearly killing himself in the first film why would herbie be that is the most tenuous link i've ever heard it's, in my it's life so strange eh? and because it's not like herbie's i don't think herbie's like tied to philadelphia in any way no I mean, it's all good. I don't have a problem with anything 
related to suicide prevention, obviously, but like, why Herbie? Mm. You could, there are a hundred other more relevant, iconic characters you could probably put in place. There. Yeah, imagine imagine you're suicidal. And you see that, and then you go home and get polite to Disney Plus, watch the first Herbie movie, and there's a scene where Herbie tries to kill himself. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it feels like that's something they should have. That's legitimately that's something they should have thought about. Hmm. Um, Weird. Okay, so do you want to go first with your continue the franchise? Okay, my continue the franchise is um, an HD re-release of Trip Murphy Undefeated. Uh, which is in Herbie Fully Loaded, Matt Dillon's Trip Murphy uh, mentions that he's got a video game coming out called Trip Murphy Undefeated, which felt like the same kind of thing you'd get with Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Mm. So I was like, there we go. Just like the remaster of 1 and 2 has come out, let's get a remaster of Trip Murphy Undefeated. Um, That is my continue the franchise. I might go buy um, Tony Hawk this afternoon. It's calling me, dude. It's calling me like the... Maybe I'll do it on pay. Maybe I'll do it on payday. Like a siren in a Greek myth. Mm. Going, (laughs) wee wee Yeah, exactly. Just like Herbie. Yeah. Um, Okay, so my continue the franchise, I've got two because one of them's kind of cheating. So... um, one is that, um, and I mentioned this earlier, and I'm finally paying it off now, but um, the one kind of obvious sequel that we didn't get, and which would work very well for this, um, is to do a- Can prince- I guess? Yeah. Is it a Prince and a Pauper yeah, one? it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, like, yeah, have have a, a, a sentient car who isn't a race, who's always wanted to be a race car, and then they swap, <laughs> they swap lives. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but no, my real continue the franchise, and this is a first for film franchise Fortnite. My continue the franchise is for a different franchise. Um, it's not for Herbie, but mm. it's taking something from Herbie. Um, the first Herbie movie, The Love Bug, nineteen sixty nine. I I fell in love with this film, but one thing that I fucking loved about it was the tone of the film. Um, the fact that it was like it's still. Like it's it's these great characters and it's all good clean family fun and it's set in the sixties and it's like this, um, and and there's there's a charm to like the low budget filmmaking of it. Like all the the first four films all have like great pulpy. They're driving in the car and there's very obvious like green screen going on yeah, behind yeah. them. Um, but there's another franchise we covered, which starts which that was made first made in the sixties. Um, which I didn't like, uh, which was James Bond. If I would love for them to reboot James Bond with this tone, like oh, yeah. make a spy, make a spy movie series, and it's James Bond, but it's like it's a fun family movie, and go back to like all the old like silly camera tricks, and <laughs> have him like actually genuinely like fall in love with someone over the course of the movie, and it's a big payoff at the end when they kiss, not when they like you know he forces himself on her sexually james bond goes bananas yeah like oh my god i would love that like james bond fully loaded that's my that's my continue the franchise is that james bond should be a family-friendly franchise (laughs) (laughs) that would be so much fun like 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 halfway between like he's not like a bumbling pink panther type inspector clouseau Mm -hmm. he's like he's still a good spy and he's still he's still suave but it's just, you know, have a bit of fun with it. Okay. Nice. All right. Do you want to pull up the franchise list? Do you want to pull up the letterboxed? Yes. 
but I'll you also f- need to pull out the franchise list. So fucking I will just do it. I know. I'm just don't ever fucking question me again. Um, the love bug. All right, I'm adding it to the list. Um, mm-hmm. Where do you think it should go? Now, what we are doing here, I should mention, is um, we've got a list of all arguably 100 and now 13 franchises we've covered on the podcast. Um, where do you think the love bug belongs? Throw out something above the Nymphomaniac constant, which is a series that has one really good film and one really bad film, so it becomes our benchmark for if a franchise is more good than bad or more bad okay. than good. So um, Nymphomaniac is at 46. Um, above it is The Mighty Ducks. Again, that's a like none of these are mm-hmm. that bad, but I think the love bug is better than that. High School Musical mm-hmm. has the fourth one, really dragging it down. Going to jump up a few. Kung Fu Panda. Yep. Um, I would probably prefer to watch a Kung Fu Panda movie again than a Herbie movie, but uh, no, Kung Fu Panda is definitely ahead of Herbie, man. Okay, below there, Happy Feet. Um, oh, what do you think? Uh, I think we're finding a, a place somewhere. I think it's. I could be persuaded either way on Happy Feet. What's beneath Happy Feet? National Treasure. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Okay. And below oh, that, geez. Shanghai Noon, which I actually think these are kind of similar to. I think it's better than Shanghai Noon. Yeah. I don't know if it's better than National Treasure. Okay, cool. It's in that number 38. There we go. Which also, wow. um, now that we've done this, it has pushed Yu-Gi-Oh! out of the top 100. Damn. God. God! Ah! Ah! <laughs> Alright, let's move it up just to keep it <laughs> Alright, so now we're going to do franchise roulette, yeah? So that's yep. our section, our segment where we pick what franchise we're going to do for the next fortnight, and the way we do this is Richard's going to draw a random number from his random number generator, which correlates to a list of franchises we have written down. Um, we're going to, I'm going to find what that franchise is and make Richard guess it like an idiot. He'll be, he'll look like a fool. I'll be like, no, no, it's not that franchise, you fool. Um, right. So let's do it. Turning my volume up on the phone and generating a random number now. 31. Well, before I tell you what franchise 31 is, everybody, if you liked this podcast, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, um, all the all the different social medias you can find us on, Twitter at Colt Popshire. You can email us at ColtPopshireMedia at gmail.com. Um, and because um, you can also find us on our Discord. Join our Discord. There'll be a link in the description of that. Um, and so you can go there and look for that if you like. Um, and we also have a Patreon which is our Patreon, um, patreon.com slash coldpopsha, where you can throw in some money if you want to support us. Um, and yeah. And if Richard, you didn't like the podcast, um, head along to iTunes and leave a five-star review with all of your complaints. Nice. Very cool. All right, Richard. 
I've got the franchise. Okay. How many films? Three. Okay, so it's a trilogy. It is one that has been in the news recently, Mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time hasn't been around for a long time. The franchise hasn't been around for a long time? Yes, but it was in the news recently. Uh, Okay, give me a... um, uh, uh, Is it a trilogy? Is it one, two, three? It is one, two, three. Um, uh, Give me a genre. It's It's a pretty big deal. It's one we were going to do, but then I said, hey, maybe we should do this instead, and it ruined our lives for a long time. Oh, okay. 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 I know what it is. I know what it is. <laughs> this is a very what big is... deal, isn't it? Yeah, this is a big deal. Uh, is this pro- possibly one of the biggest deals <laughs> we've ever covered on this podcast? Is that, would I'm that excited. be accurate to say? Uh, I think so. I think we were going to do this for our 100th franchise before thinking James Bond might be a, a better landmark celebration. Um, and so if you're on, on Patreon, you might remember what we said it is because we asked our Patreon if they'd prefer we did it this way. Um, yeah, what is it, Richard? Uh, the Godfather? It's the Godfather trilogy. So Godfather, Godfather Part 2, Godfather Part 3. Um, I guess I'm glad we're watching these before... The Godfather Coda, the death of Michael Corleone is re-released. Yeah, but now you've had Michael Corleone's death spoiled for you. (laughs) Presumably, yeah. Um, Unless he lives in the original Godfather 3. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you never know. Um, So yeah, if you you haven't heard recently that that Francis Ford Coppola has said that he's recutting the Godfather 3. Um, in, in this the great Snyder Cut culture that we live in, which I've come around to, Richard. <laughs> it was really annoying to have people say, release the Snyder Cut over and over again. But now that the, the floodgates are opened and now everyone's wanting to release their director's cut, yeah. release them all, I say. Yeah. Release them all. That's I a say. good thing. This is a good thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, this yeah. is a good thing. Um, anyway, it'll make fran- doing franchises a little bit more confusing. But yeah, we are doing the Godfather trilogy. Um, hot off the heels of, of the Herbie series, straight into what many consider to be the greatest film and the greatest sequel of all time and the most disappointing third film, <laughs> meaning yeah. that this is quite a sort of a platonic ideal of a lot of franchises this is the the template with which a lot of franchises followed suit yeah and there's a few like interesting uh kind of things here um i believe this will be our and maybe is the only franchise um which our all three films were nominated for best picture oh what about lord of the rings uh no i don't think they all were they really no i don't know feels like they should have been the although only if, you count, fr- yeah. if you count the hobbit then they definitely weren't <laughs> i don't know we'll we'll we'll, we'll uh we'll fix these uh these stats yeah, yeah. and and we'll have the best part of the podcast okay. is at the end of each episode when we slowly work out facts we talking we half remember yeah yeah <laughs> um that's very interesting this is this is a franchise i'm almost scared to cover because i like i want to consume this in the best way possible i, I have them on dvd i'm um but I mm. maybe want to find them on Blu-ray to watch them yeah. like perfectly and sit down, not have my phone on me, and like fully, you know. I've seen the first one, so but I haven't I. seen the others. Yeah, same. Cool, cool. Well, that's exciting. Um, and we'll see you uh next fortnight. Well, we'll see you next week for something special. Um, and we will see you in a fortnight for the Godfather trilogy. Stay tuned for the post-credit scene. Um, and thank you for listening to our Herbie episode. Yeah. Beep, 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 Richie. Beep, beep, Adrian.
was doing an it reference, but you were. <laughs> I was doing um, a bananas and pajamas reference. <laughs> Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Oh, I think I am, BT. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. Hello and welcome to the post credit scene. This is a scene at the end of each episode brought to you by post our $5 plus tiers on Patreon. What? And it goes post the credits. Um. It both goes post the credits. Um, where if you donate $5 or more on our Patreon, you too can give us something to talk about. Uh, and today our post credit scene comes to us from Sarah Valling. And she asks, or she says... That's that's not a question, Professor. Is that the best? That's like the best Simpsons joke. I feel like that's the one that has permeated my like personal. What's it called? Like my dialogue, my vocabulary, yeah, the most out of anything. Yeah, my idiot. Is is that's not a question, Professor? Like I want to say that all the time whenever someone says something that's not a question. Anyway, what she says is, since I just listened to the Spice World generic movie podcast episode, one of our best. I have to ask. The, yep, well, I have to ask the decades-old question: Which Spice Girl are you? If you're uncertain, there are arguably too many quizzes you can take. Okay, what I, I, what I want to do here: Spice through and through, dude. Let's um, okay. let's say never and mind. Then <laughs> we'll do a quiz. I'll send you one. So okay. we do the same one, and we can walk through it together. Um, and then we'll see if we got the same thing. So, which one do you think you are? I think I'm Baby Spice. I I, I feel like as I've gotten old, I like when I was younger, I would have said Baby Spice. Um, when back when I was your age, um, and um, and Baby Spice was almost always my favorite, but now I feel like um, I'm probably more Ginger Spice, the, who's the the divergent of the group, in that um, you know everyone else is defined by their personalities, um, but she kind of is able to doesn't quite fit into being scary or or a baby or posh or sporty, you know, right? Um, but okay, so here we go. Um, this is the BuzzFeed. BuzzFeed, which spice girl are you? Play along at home. Uh, so choose a word. Loofer, cowabunga, dingus, blip, poinsettia, or booby? Well, it's got to be booby. Yeah, I mean, what I'm going to pick booby as well. because <laughs> I find right, a, a singular one. booby is like, oh my God, it's the funniest thing. Like the word. <laughs> um, I saw a tweet once that was like, girl shows one boob. Nice. Girl shows two boobs. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they're not they're not like sexual until there's two of them. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Because I see one boob and it's like, oh, they're getting a mammogram or something. <laughs> 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 it's not until there's two that it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, okay, you do you want to read out the next one? <laughs> yep, choose a scent. Dryer sheets, lavender, freshly baked cookies, musk, citrus or ocean breeze. Oh, it's a toss-up between drier sheets and ocean breeze. I'm going to go ocean breeze because of my sense of adventure. I'm going to go musk. <laughs> oh, look at you. Pick a spice. Cumin, paprika, cinnamon, ginger, catnip, or old. Old spice. I'm going to go cinnamon. Uh, I'm going to go... Yeah, cinnamon? Yeah, it just... It, 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 it helps with everything. Hmm. All right, choose a city in Europe, Paris, Amsterdam, Berlin, Madrid, Prague, or Rome. Oh, you, you're going to go Amsterdam. Why? Because you love weed. I don't love weed. <laughs> I'd like her um, as a friend. <laughs> I would probably, I don't know much about Madrid or Prague. Yeah. So I'm going to go Paris. Uh, I might go Rome. Oh. 
Uh, choose a hairstyle: ponytail, braid, bun, shaved, bob, or however I woke up. It's gonna be however okay. I woke up. Is this in what I look for in a in a woman or what I have? <laughs> uh, no, it's up to you, man. Because it's either shaved or however I woke I up. I there I is no in between. Up. Yeah, me too. Coffee kit. All right, choose a Spice Girls song. Or oh, this will test my knowledge. Um, stop. Two become one. Spice up your life. Wanna be if you can't dance or say you will be there. I don't know if you can't dance. Oh wait, no. Now that I've said it, I think I do. Um, uh, I'm gonna go two become one. I'm gonna go wanna be. Who? Oh my god. What? Richard, I have to retake the quiz. <laughs> Who'd you get? Uh, I got scary spice. I got ginger spice. Oh, so here's what it says about yeah. me. You are one badass bitch. Not only do you have the best hair on this side of the 90s, but you also sing some of the most important lyrics to ever be sung in the history of music. Zigga, zigga, anyone. Um, yeah, that was you. Uh, I got Ginger Spice. So maybe the group, the whole group fell apart because you decided to leave. But when it was good, you owned that shit. Girl power. Yeah, that was all you. Wow. That's ominous. <laughs> <laughs> um, don't you think it's cultural appropriation for you to get scary? Yeah, it is. But it, yeah, yeah, it is. But that blame that on the invention of the quiz and not on me. <laughs> Hold up! What was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 